Welcome to the She Finds Joy podcast, where I teach you how to step into the arena of bigness, all the while creating more joy along the way. That's right. We are capable of reclaiming our power, our purpose, our boldness and bravery, and putting our bigness into the world. I'm Kim Strobel, your truth-telling, real-talk happiness coach, who believes in giving you the tools to create a life you really love. After all, when we're playing in our arenas of bigness, life gets better as we get bolder. So buckle up for the no BS, zero fluff advice that gives you the small steps for big joy. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to welcome Delia Perry to the show today. Delia has always had a passion for motivating and encouraging others. And she was thrilled to bring her strengths to her podcast, which I was lucky enough just to be on called Girls for Greatness. I love that name. On her weekly podcast, Delia interviews other women who have overcome their own struggles in order to find success and fulfillment in their life. I love that. And she resides in Toledo, Ohio. You're next to me, Delia. I know. What um, What are the chances? I can't believe it. I know. <laughs> what are the chances? You're a little Midwest girl now. You weren't always. I know. But. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome always. to the show. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Kim. It's an honor. You are welcome. Well, let's just dive right in. I want to know who are you? What do you do? What's your journey? I know you were a former high school teacher. So like me, we have uh, the teacher thing in common, but tell us a little about who you are now and how you got there. Oh, thanks. Um, thank you so much. Um, well, I, like you said, I live in Toledo, Ohio. I was actually born and raised in Iowa. So um, in a very small, small town. I still have a lot of family back in Iowa, but um, I, yeah, I have two um kids who are 14 and 10 who keep me moving all the time and uh, a husband obviously who um, I've been married to now for almost 23 years so uh, it's very exciting anniversary is coming up but in addition to all of that um, yes like you said I was a former teacher and um, kind of you know after I left teaching when I started a family I kind of dabbled in different things different um, businesses, so to speak, that I was trying to do from home. I kind of have an athletic background, um, was an athlete in high school and in college. And, uh, that played a really huge role in who, who I am and actually a big role, I think even in, in why I started the podcast itself. But I, like I said, I dabbled in different things. Um, eventually just kind of realized that I really, you know, had a passion for, motivating and inspiring other women and being an encouragement and um, have always kind of felt like that was something I leaned towards in my life and um, was always seen as someone who was positive, someone who was uplifting and really wanted to find a way that I could use those gifts, you know, in, in to the best of my ability. And, you know, I was finding just different roadblocks with different things I was trying with businesses, but just decided, you know, I want to kind of do my own thing. I want to make this into a passion project of my own and eventually landed on podcasting and um, have been able to build um, a really great community and have just learned so much from every single guest I've had on. And it's just been an amazing, amazing journey and a way for me to just pour into the lives of others. 
I, I love that. So first of all, I have to back up and know what, because I'm an athlete too. So what yeah. did you play in college? Um, I played, I played uh, volleyball and softball, primarily volleyball. Oh my goodness. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was, it was great. It was a great experience. Um, had a really, really awesome team um, in high school and college, but you know, I, I struggled, my struggle with self-esteem and my struggle with, I think my own issues and myself started, started then. And um it, that was just something that, um, you know, I had to learn as the years went on to, to work through and overcome. It was, it was a long road, but, um, you know, that's, that's been something that I look back now and say, you know, I, I am grateful for because it's, it's empowered me, I think, to be able to relate to so many other women who, who have those same kinds of struggles. Yes. Don't you think that most women struggle from low self-esteem? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do in one way, sh- in some way, shape or form. I mean, I, I think we all have these probably times when maybe we struggle a bit more than others, but I think um, I've yet to meet a woman that doesn't, you know, have some issue or some time in their life where they've struggled with comparison or struggled with, you know, just accepting themselves for who they are. And so let's personalize yours a little bit. Tell me a little bit about what your self-esteem struggles were and how they affected your life, because I want to know that. And then, then I want to know, do they still pop up from time to time? And then I want to know how you've been able to get a little bit better at that along the years. Yeah. Um, well for me, um, you know, I, I've told this story many times, but I, I have always felt like my self-esteem up until college was really intact. I was really fortunate. Um, I had a great upbringing, um, really good friends. We had a really healthy um, competition between all of us. And it wasn't so much about comparison. It was just about pushing each other to be our best. And that kind of went south, you know, I'll say when I got to college. And I think my, just my awareness of um, my body, my weight, was really brought to the forefront um, just from just team practices that we had in place that we were, you know, weighing in, we were, you know, put on different regimens as athletes. And it just really wreaked havoc on my own self-esteem. But what I took from that was just, I think, um, just this heightened awareness that that was supposed to be a big part of who I, who I am. And, um, I carried that, you know, well beyond college into my adult years, into my marriage for years and years and struggled with, you know, not feeling good enough, constantly comparing, um, just really not liking myself and playing this game of, you know, if I could only be this way, if I could only be this way, if I could only do this or do that, then I would be, I'll be happy or I'll be, you know, I'll be content or I'll, you know, whatever. So it was just, it was, it was a long road and I eventually, you know, um, just ended up doing a lot of self-development, a lot of work myself, um, on my mindset and on kind of figuring out where my thought patterns had come from Mm. and owning a lot of that myself, because, you know, whatever was done or said to me, whatever in college, you know, yes, I, you know, it wasn't ideal, but what, you know, I took from that, what I internalized, what I was continually repeating to myself, those tapes, those, you know, words, whatever, that was all on me. And that was something I had to really own. And, um, 
realized that I had more control over my thought process than I was really giving myself credit for and, and, you know, was doing, you know, on a, on a daily basis. So it was, it was changing those words. It was changing those messages, those things I was telling myself and, and really, you know, choosing to, um, really get to the heart of who I was as a person and, and make that my focus. Mm. Um, and so that's been, you know, a big part of how I think I've moved through and, and beyond, those years. Um, I still, like you said, you know, uh, I do have days, I do have times where I struggle and I can feel myself slipping back into that mentality of being maybe too outwardly focused or, you know, just not being as kind to myself as I can be and being, you know, really hard on myself. And, um, and I think it's just, I've learned different tools I've learned different ways of coping. You know, it's not like the, the, struggle has gone away. It's just my ability to snap myself out of it and to Mm -hmm. shift my focus is, is a lot greater now. Yeah. You know, I interviewed, um, Kelly Travis who was on the podcast a few weeks ago and she was a college athlete as well, a runner. And it's, I'm hearing this story more often than not that, you know, her coach, and I mean, she was extremely that thin little runner's body, but her coach made her feel, um, you know, if she, she gained an ounce of fat or if she gained a pound or she didn't keep this totally sleek body and it actually wreaked havoc on her for a lot of years. Um, she developed an eating disorder. She then chose, um, a husband who berated her and, um, and she too has been able to claw her way out of it. But, you know, when you're so influenced at such a young age by another person's words, um, but then it sounds like you took your power back by saying, hey, I don't have to believe this story anymore. And instead, I can believe what I want to tell myself. Um, That's really empowering. So I think that this does happen. You know, for me, my self-esteem similar story, but, but different, you know, I go back to when I was in seventh grade and I can still see this moment. I was up in the neighborhood, Berglund Hills with, um, a group of girls. And I was at that point, I was never part of like the popular girls. I was just like more of the middle crowd, but I just so wanted to be one Mm -hmm. of them. And so we were all, um, we do this crazy thing in Indiana. I don't know if you do it in Ohio, but we TP, we toilet paper people's homes in the fall. And so we were all doing that. And, you know, I was taught by the leader girls that I am only to follow along and do everything that they want to do. And I remember the exact corner. I remember the light post where I had an opinion on where we should go next. And one of the girls in the group slapped me across the face. Wow. And, and I took it. I did nothing. And I, I think like for me, that's one of the moments where I felt this is like, I really am a piece of crap. And you, I already felt that way compared to you all, but now I know it because now you've humiliated me and I stood there and took it. And I think that, that again, we have these little moments Mm. that create these stories around who we are. And it's up to us to break the story, to break. I love how you said that to break the thought patterns that were happening as a result of what someone else said or did or told you about yourself. 
Right. Yeah, for sure. And it's not, it's not easy to do. It's, um, I, I think, I really think that a big part of it for me was realizing that, um, the blame, you know, the blame thing that we do a lot in our lives, it doesn't work because it keeps us stuck. It keeps us, you know, in this state of, um, defense and constantly having to, you know, we revert back and say, well, if such and such wouldn't have happened, or if this wouldn't have happened, then, you know, I'd be different, you know, well, yeah, maybe that's true. And I know there's many, many listening who've endured way worse, you know, situations than, you know, maybe what I've gone through or you've gone through, but it's not to minimize it. I mean, we all have our pain. We all have our things that we've gone through, but whatever we take from that, you know, is, is kind of on us, you know, in, in yeah. terms of our mental awareness and, and what we choose to internalize. I, I was watching, um, Tony Robbins has this thing on Netflix. It's like documentary called, I am not your guru. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it this weekend and there's this phrase and I'm going to chop it up, but he basically believes that whatever has happened to you has not happened to you that it's happened for you Mm -hmm. because you would not be the human being with the strength, with the resiliency. Um, Not that any of us would choose that hard road, but if it has happened to us, I, I think that that's, we get to choose. Am I going to be a victim of this for the rest of my life? Or am I going to be the warrior? Am I going to rise up and say, Mm -hmm. let me show you what I can do with this nastiness that happened to me and let me show you how I can turn it into something meaningful and purposeful. Yeah. It sounds like that's what you've done. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I agree a hundred percent. And really that's been your mission then because with, so when did you launch your podcast? I launched my podcast. Uh, it'll be two years in July. And so, do you do an episode every single week? Is that what I you do? do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love, so you named it Girls for Greatness. And at first when I saw that, I I was thinking, oh, she really tailors to young girls, which that is something that you have a heart for. Um, But I want you to explain why you named it Girls for Greatness. Because when you did that before to me, I I, I was like, that is so awesome. So I I want people to understand the type of women who who listen to your podcast. Yeah, I mean... I really I considered naming it women for greatness, but I liked the girls for greatness. I like the two G's together, but really it was about to, um, yes, wanting to incorporate that younger age group, but also um, just the fact that I think as women, uh, you know, we have things that we take on in our lives, things that we go through all of us as individuals. And yet I feel like there's this point where we sometimes need to stop and, think back to, you know, who we were as a girl, as a teen, as a whatever, like what, what were our dreams? Who, who, what kind of personality did we have before? I always like to say this, you know, who were you before the world told you who you had to be, you know? And so I think that's just, that's kind of at the heart of, of why another reason why I chose that name, the name Girls for Greatness, you know, is just the coming back to who we really and truly are. I love that. And I think that that is every woman's work, you know, like Mm -hmm. we do start to abandon ourselves for everyone else. We abandon ourselves for our kids. We abandon ourselves Mm -hmm. for our spouse or our partner. We abandon ourselves for our career. And I do feel like 
as women, we become really lost from who we really are. And I know when you interviewed me for your podcast, you asked the question, what are three words to describe who Kim Strobel really is? Mm -hmm. And like, that was such a good question because do we take the time to figure out like, who were you before you jumped on this hamster wheel of do, do, do and accomplish, accomplish, accomplish and be a mother and be a partner and, you know, be a wife and and be a career woman and all Mm -hmm. of those things. And like, you don't just have to lose those pieces of yourself anymore, even while you're raising children. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I say a lot on my, my show that, you know, um, who we are, the heart of who we are gets so lost in the day-to-day grind and the day-to-day of our whole lives and what we're thrown at, you know, with media and, and everything else. I mean, I feel like as women, especially, um, and men too, but women, I, and since we're talking about that, you know, our attention is pulled in so many different directions and, uh, we're, we wear so many hats. We have so many different roles that, you know, we rarely take the time to pause and really think about who we are. And that's, that's been a key for me and a key point that I've tried to really make with other women is that you have to take that time to pause. You have to take that time to quiet your mind and to, to whether it's meditate or pray or sit in silence. I mean, I've done them all and they're all, you know, serve a purpose of just slowing down. So. I, I, I believe that I, I have this quote and I, it's that, you know, women are expected to raise children as if they don't have a career mm-hmm. and they are expected to work a career as if they don't have children. And this is why we're all so freaking stressed out because I get it. Generations of women before us, they were responsible for raising the children the household, everything in the house, cleaning, baking, cooking, you know, doing the shopping, all of those things. But nowadays, many women also have a career, but yet nothing has been taken off of their plate. And so what we have to do as women, even while we have little kids and we're raising them, is we have to know that we have the permission to claim more space in our world that is for us. Like I am a woman too, who had dreams and aspirations and got to have parts of her life before I took on all these roles. So how do we really encourage women to do that? Do you have any tips for how to encourage women, women to know that like they're not selfish for taking care of themselves? I think, uh, well, two things. Number one is um, you've got to have a self-care routine, meaning Yes, inward as much as outward. But when I say that, I just mean something for you. Um, because you're, if you're not filling your tank in whatever way, shape or form that is, you're really selling yourself short in your ability to be there for others. And, um, you know, you, I've always felt like, you know, I am not the same wife, the same mother, the same anything if I am running on empty for too long. 
And, um, you know, that comes in all different forms too. I mean, I'm not just talking about making time for exercise or whatever. I'm talking about, you know, taking time to, to do things that you love, you know, whether it's reading or even just like I said, slowing down and taking time to meditate or what, whatever it is for you. It's just realizing that that's not being selfish, that that's a big part of, of making you the best you that you can be. Well, I, I'm going to interrupt you a minute because I worked with a woman who forgot that she loved to listen to music because mm. she was raising three kids and she started to cry the day it was like, she realized that she hadn't played and listened to music on her own for like 15 years. And she's like, Kim, I used to love that. Why did I take that away from myself? Like that's what rejuvenated my soul. And so I love that you're saying, we're not just talking like get out and exercise or, you know, do your daily gratitude, but like having the woman really pause and reflect and think like, what would I do for fun right now if I didn't have any of these responsibilities? And then how can I work that into my schedule? So I think I love that you differentiated that. Yeah. Yeah. I think another big piece, I mean, just from what you were saying earlier too, that I wanted to touch on is when you figure out, I think who you are, what's important to you, where your priorities are, all of these things, like you come back to maybe the heart of who who you are as a person. I think the second difficult piece in that, at least I've experienced, and I I will say, I think some of the people I've talked to would say the same is you have to learn that um, you don't owe anybody an apology for that, whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of us, um, you know, myself included as a woman, I am a huge, huge people pleaser. And I really hate conflict and confrontation. I've always been that way. But I've also realized that no one's going to live my life the way I'm going to live it. And I don't know anybody an explanation for why I choose to do the things I do and the way I choose to do them. Where were um, you, my friend, 25 years ago when I, I needed to hear that message? Yeah, I know. Well, this is like, you know, something I've just taken on really strongly for myself in the last year. I mean, because we still, you know, even, you know, Kim, you're very driven you know, entrepreneur, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing with my podcast, but sometimes things don't look the way we think they're going to look or go the way we think they're going to go because we are measuring or we're holding ourselves to these standards that other people have set. But you can't do that because you're, it's it's who you are. It's the way you're doing it. Like you're taking me right back to when I left my first husband, we had a two month old child and I left, you know, divorced him. And I spent the next five years going around and justifying and explaining it because people felt like Mm -hmm. they owed an explanation. So when you said that, I just got like goosebumps all over my body because that just sucked the life out of me. And Mm -hmm. very few people deserved an explanation. And that's what we want to do. We always want to explain. Oh, I mean, so I do that with my parent, my kids. I'm, I'm just like, I have to put my hand yes. over my mouth because I want to over explain instead of just being like, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> yes, 
<laughs> yes, I love it. That is such good advice. No. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation. We could go on forever and ever, but we're not going to. I'll do the same. I'm just going to have to have you back on. We're going to go Great. deeper into some of this. Yeah. But what I want to know, I want to know a couple of things. Tell people where to find you. Tell them. Oh, thanks. Um, girls for Greatness. It's number four. So it's girlsforgreatness.com is the website. And you can also find me on Instagram under girls for greatness and the same on Facebook. I love that. Yeah. So we'll drop that in the show notes, but again, it's girls and then the number four and then the word greatness. Mm -hmm. And then I end each one of my episodes by asking the interviewee, how are you Delia reaching for more joy in your life right now? Mm, Good question. Well, um, I think for me, the, the big thing right now in the midst of quite frankly, having more thrown on my plate in some ways, having my kids home now um, and now going into summer is taking time to sit in silence, which is something I'm just starting to practice. I'm not even talking about maybe meditating or it's just like calming my mind. Mm. If I can do that for five minutes, sometimes I'll set a timer on my phone and just go somewhere in the house or outside and just close my eyes and sit and listen. That's been a a really, really um, big source of joy for me. I think it just brings me back to the present moment, being grounded in the present moment. That's good. And it's, it's going to be a struggle at first, all the thoughts yeah. come in, but it gets better, doesn't it? It does. It does. For sure. I love that. So creating a little space to just simply be. Yeah. I think being, it brings you back to the, the power of the moment. And that's another thing I really, I think if I can, if I can get my mind in that space more consistently of focusing just on today, focusing just on the moment at hand, what I'm doing, where I'm at, who's in front of me, is my attention there. It makes life a lot more joyful in the sense that then I'm not always focused on what's next, tomorrow, two weeks from now, whatever. That takes so much energy to think. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for like just your tools, strategies, your insights. I know I can't wait to pull a couple of these powerful things that you said out and make them into quotes because they really resonated with me. And I know they're going to resonate with my audience. So thank you for your time and your wisdom today. Thank you so much, Kim. We did it. Thank you so much for listening in on the She Finds Joy podcast today. I'm honored to share this space with you, and I hope you keep showing up as the real you in this world. As always, this conversation will be continued in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy to connect with other joy seekers just like you.